What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first official Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast. We're just kind of messing around today, trying things out. So we're going to go through a couple different topics here, uh, nail down some points, and see if this is worth producing or not. Well, it's not, so we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was podcast quick. over. Yeah. That podcast is done. <laughs> um, we'll go through some quick intros right here. Um, of course, we have uh, Steve, the, the CNC CEO. Um, you know, the, the head, head in charge. Um, Hello everybody, Steve. How you doing? Uh, welcome aboard our, our, uh, unofficial podcast. We're just here, uh, giving it a whirl and see what happens. Thanks for joining us. We've got, uh, we've got Terry here as well. He's, uh, one of the OGs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Don't listen to Steve at all. <laughs> uh, Matt's here to help out as well. Um, Going to be mostly mastering our audio, making sure he keeps us in line. Hey guys, I'm Matt. Thanks for uh, giving us a listen. Poor Matt. <laughs> Keep us in line. It's, okay. It is one hell of a job. Uh, and I am it's Alex. Like babysitting, Lynch. but worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> babysitting grown men. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm going to try to be your host. Uh, we're going to see how that goes and um, run through some topics here. So, first off, we have. Um, I mean, the biggest topic that happens in Colorado basically every single year, uh, the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Um, everyone in the car world uh, is acutely aware of this going on. Um, so we wanted to hit a, a couple things in practice this weekend. Um, the, first, the first point is obviously, so no fans this year. Um, this will be a recurring theme, obviously, for uh, a few topics here. No fans because of the COVID nineteen issue we're going through. Um, what does what what does everyone feel about no fans at the actual track? Is that is that going to help drivers at all? Does anybody you know? Obviously, we're we're all bummed as fans not being able to be there. But I don't know if it's going to really hurt the drivers. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, haven't they over the last few years they've kind of limited where fans could be anyway? Because yeah, they, they've, they've, they've boxed them in the pens where you can yeah. Only, uh, spectate from yeah just like they boxed all the taylor swift fans into those pins at uh <laughs> we went to the f1 race that was great put them all in there in the direct heat it's fantastic i mean i don't think it's really going to affect the drivers and honestly i i don't think fans at the hill climb really affects the performance of the drivers at all i mean i think sometimes they don't even notice that that they're there yeah i think they're they're probably far enough back from the road that they're not really that distracting or anything. So yeah, you know, it may not affect yeah. anything at all. Not like they're, no. full, they're fully yeah. in the zone of driving anyway. They've got what 156 turns to worry about. They've got you know 12 12.4 miles to to uh, do those 156 turns. So yeah, they're fully concentrating on on the track and they're driving. Yeah, and they're what like the average speed is what for last year. What was the average speed going up for the top of the class? Anyway, I can't remember. Someone should look it up. I have no idea. I mean, the record time is obviously the, the IDR from yeah. 2018, Roman Dumas. Um, 757, 148. So somebody that wants to do some math can figure out. You know, yes, because <laughs> we are terrible at math and we're not going to do it. Mileage times and average speed. That's how math works, right? Yes. Yeah, supposedly. Or a calculator. <laughs> I mean, um, don't ask me about math because... Last night I was talking to some friends about a room for rent, and it was uh, 
600 square foot, and that's going, well, six foot by 10 foot? That's so small. And I couldn't, that's six, that's <laughs> actually 60 square foot. So yeah. my, my math was definitely off that day. Today as well. So there you I don't go. Do, I don't do math. Nobody does math. <laughs> so the IDR, it, it, it's fully electric, right? Yeah. It was, yeah, yep, and still is, I guess, it exists. Um, yeah, I think well, I've got some section carved out for that. Let's, um, let's uh, we'll save that for the end of this because that'll be, that'll be the pinnacle, right? Um, I, the, the other part uh, that's missing this year, there's no bikes. Well, was that a surprise to anybody? Not really. Are they coming back? I mean, I think we all understand the reason right. there's no bikes, obviously. Carlin, uh, last year, had a yeah, fatal Carlin, accident. Carlin done. Yeah. You, Carlin know, done. you know, I just look at it this way. When I was a kid, I used to watch the Isle of Man TT. Yeah. yeah. I still do if it's on in this country, which is a rarity. Sometimes you find it, sometimes you don't. But, you know, growing up where I grew up in, in England, you know, that was it. You used to watch Isle of Man TT. I, there's so many accidents it happens it's part of racing it's not the part of racing you want it's not the part of racing you expect to see but it it does happen so you know you you can make it as safe as humanly possible but accidents will happen and unfortunately the end result can be the end the end of your life so just to say there's no bikes this year or even to continue that and say no more bikes period I mean, I just I think that's the wrong decision to make because they're racers. They know the inherent dangers of it, and they they choose to do it and they accept that risk to fulfill what they want to do. And I just sometimes think it's kind of wrong for other people to say, "Well, no." I, I agree with you, Terry. Um, I agree with Terry because um, they the organizers are making the decision for the racers. You, you won't race. So I think that's taking away that, that decision process from them, giving them the option to whether race or not race based on conditions, based on whether they should be out there or not. And I disagree that they, they sh you know, should be, I think they should be allowed to, to race. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think it should still be their choice. I completely agree with you, Steve. They, uh, they, they know the risks going into it. They know exactly what they're getting into. I am, uh, I'm going to take the exact opposite. <laughs> Opinion is all three of you. Wow, that's uh, that's my right as host now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Terry, you're talking about the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man is maybe the last motorsport, the last major motorsport event in the world that still has multiple deaths, like every single year, yeah. right? It, everything else, Formula One, even that. I mean, uh, the Indy 500 it just happened last weekend. We saw a horrific crash, and that guy walked away. I mean, I, there's just there's no other events that I can think of off the top of my head. And I'm, I'm sure someone will correct us on this, but just no, nobody else has all that many deaths anymore, except for a few freak accidents. Um, you know, some, sometimes, yeah, something crazy happens, but you know, Carlin last year was, you know, I don't know the last time somebody died on Pikes Peak, right? It, it used to happen all the time. It hasn't happened in a long time. I think there's a point to stopping that from happening. Okay. So here's the thing. Isle Man TT is 
yes, a different race because it is raced on those roads which are not meant for racing and people will die. When the go- it's the government there as well. I mean, the government like doesn't, you know, that the Isle of Man is a, an independent, there's all kinds of special rules there. I already know what they are. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, you're going to sit there and say, Formula One. Well, I'm a massive fan of Formula One. Jules Bianchi died in Japanese Grand Prix, which is one of the first thefts, you know, since Edson Senna passed, okay? He didn't die directly in the race. He died of complications a couple of months after, okay? Nobody shut down Formula One because they had that one accident, and Formula One became super safe as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And they didn't shut it down. So how many accidents on bikes has occurred at the hill climb in the last 20 years. We'll have to look that up. I'm not sure right. off the top of my head. Because yeah, we didn't prepare for this podcast, by the way. Anybody <laughs> so We also had, you know, Anton Hubert in Formula 2 this, just this year. Um, he died in Formula 2. That was a horrific crash. But, you know, an, another, like, just, I mean, that was a freak accident. That, just, that accident was a, a one in a billion chance of happening. Right. But the whole thing is... Any accidents are one in a billion chance of happening. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I can go out right now, drive my car, and somebody runs a red light and T-bones me. Yeah. Now, should I stop driving because that happened? I mean, that's a fair point. It is. Right. I mean... And motorcycle racing in general is inherently more and more dangerous. Motorcycle, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a motorcycle anymore because I couldn't stay upright, so, you know? <laughs> well, there was... The Motor TT race uh, last last week, I can't remember the name, name of the rider. I'm kind of bad at Motor TT. But his brakes failed 180 miles down and he bailed off the bike. Oof. It happens. So I think the point is, I just think that the organizers shouldn't just have blanket policy to make that decision. Now, then again, we have no idea. This could have been discussed with all the participants that ride bikes. Sure saying do you we're edging this way because of what happened last year that we don't want to run bikes maybe there's some safety concerns that they're going to address in you know after this pike's peak and they didn't have enough time to do it because of covid who knows you know we're speculating but let's just say it was a blanket decision made by them that's what i think is wrong is that level of blanket decision instead of getting the input of everybody involved who are going to be taking these risks to say, you know, these are this is our thought process. What should we do? You know, so but we don't know exactly what happened because none of us researched it. So, <laughs> so I I did look it up quick. There's been seven deaths, um, all on motorcycles. Okay, since in the, the last twenty was, years, since the route was paved in 2012. So in the last eight years. Oh, okay. So seven year. deaths in eight years. Okay. So about one a year. Almost. I say almost one a year. Yeah. Also math, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So who knows what they're, you know, I, I just think personally, I think it should be a joint decision, not just a blanket decision, but. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know that it's not, right? Right, they may yeah. Have, they may have discussed that. Uh, looking at some of the history on motorcycle racing at the peak, um, based on various accidents, they, they actually shut down motorcycle racing for a few years. Uh, no motorcycles oh, really? on Pikes Peak, 1977, 78, 79. Okay. There was a tragic accident in 82. So, again, bikes were d- dismissed from the peak from 83 to 1990. No motorcycles. Oh, wow. 
So it, it looks like it cycles, uh, it cycles right. uh, back and forth uh, between allowing them and not allowing them. So it would be interesting to see is what improvements were made towards safety for bikes after each one, which is something that if this conversation wants to continue or on the next podcast to bring it up, maybe, you know, to see, because that would be interesting that, you know, they have a dreadful accident they go, okay, well, you know, our safety, our safety policies were we're good enough. This happened. Learn from that. And hey, no, no bikes because we have to do a lot of work to make this work again for you all. And then when it's up and running, welcome back. So that could be it too. That's true. Yeah, I think we should do a, a part two to this, a follow up, and kind of look into that. That is an interesting topic. Research some history of Pike Speak. We'll uh, we'll we'll tag it for next time. <laughs> this is a history podcast now. Well, it can be. It could be whatever we want it to be. <laughs> but. All right, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's hit uh, weather conditions uh, on Pikes Peak is always insane, right? I mean, there's yes. always a little bit of everything. Uh, the last one I was physically at was 2018. We saw sunshine and then immediate hail and then rain and clouds and then sunshine, all within probably the span of like, what, two hours or something? I mean, it, it's just madness up there. Uh, what... Uh, does anyone know what we're looking at this season? Or are we just, it's over. Probably the same. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. the same. <laughs> Is there really any way to know? That's, that's no, probably all we can say, I guess. It's, it's Colorado weather. <laughs> it's, it's whatever the hell it wants to be. And then 10 minutes later, it's something else. I mean, you know, I wonder how much, how much they factor that in to, to their setups. I, I mean, I'm sure it's a decent amount that that does it transitions into what we'll bring up next. There's a there's a movement towards electric cars to set the record, and this is going to transition back into the IDR, right? Um, that movement into electric cars, I think, um, helps out so much with those weather conditions and the altitude change and all kinds of different things. Um, do we see electric cars starting to dominate the peak? Is there ever going to be a gas engine that gets near the the record. Mm. I, I don't see how possible. Take taking a look at the, that IDR, the Volkswagen with its seven fifty seven mm. run. Mm. I don't see how a gas engine could get close. I think the next closest time was the same year in twenty eighteen. The Norma M twenty did a eight thirty seven two thirty. Wow. Which is was that gas engine? That was, yeah, that was a gas engine, I believe. Okay. Okay. Huge difference. Yeah, I mean, that's almost, you know, that's 40, 40 seconds off the pace. And, uh, I think, yeah. I mean, the IDR was built specifically for this. You know, it, it was built to dominate that, that hill climb, that track. Right. They, they change it and they set it up and they, they pull batteries and they add batteries depending on. I mean, it literally, when it, when it set the record in 2018, they had to flatbed it and tow it down because it was out of battery. I mean, they just, they have enough power for the run up and that's it. And it's so specialized now. I don't know that. Is it racing? Is it racing this weekend? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it's raced in a while. If I remember correctly, I'm looking it up. Yeah. I'm looking up the competitor list here. (laughs) (laughs) Research as we go, folks. Hey, that's how it works. (laughs) 
podcast. <laughs> if anybody who listens to this somehow goes, these guys are not professional, you won. You have won the prize. We are not professional. You person who criticizes us, please come be our statistician. Yes. <laughs> we are going to be somebody on here dedicated to just... You can be you can be the fifth man on this podcast. That's for sure. Yes. Woohoo. Or or woman. Or woman. That's fine too. True. So the weather for Sunday, well, it's stupid. This weather is horseshit. Yeah. But clear, clear, some clouds. Some clouds cloudy. Some clouds yeah. clear. <laughs> that's like which which will change every millisecond yeah. up there. <laughs> which is that's not even a forecast. And depending <laughs> on if you're at the bottom or the top, I mean it's, Yeah, it's know. like they're different worlds. There's some clouds. <laughs> okay, here on the on the IDR, I don't I don't see anything. Did you find anything about it being in this year? Yeah, no IDR this year. Yeah, so they in, at the beginning of this year in February they announced that they're building a, like a second version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there will be an IDR two. Uh, actually, it's going to be called the IDR Evo. Interesting. Looking at the roster right now, I see maybe. One electric car that won't go for the record, but that could be quick. But that's going to turn into this next topic here. <clears throat> this particular car I'm looking at is the unplugged performance Tesla Model 3. Um, this was piloted by Randy Popst. Um, and he had, a, he had a bit of a crash yesterday. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> if, uh, if anyone has seen the video of that, um, we, we do have it on our, in our Facebook group. I think Steve posted it up, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Randy uh, voicing over the crash. <laughs> it's, it yeah, it's pretty gnarly. There's in cab video of it happening, and then him yeah. talking about it afterwards. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he he came out um, a couple different times. He tweeted, uh, "I crashed the unplugged performance Tesla Model Three. Too fast, too soon. First run, first massive bump. Top section. I know better." So I think he's just. I mean, it. You know the whose fault is it crash kind of thing i think he just he admitted that he was pushing a little too hard too fast Um, yeah i believe he addressed that in the video he said that he would he just went like you said too hard too fast right right it's a it's a disappointment i think randy is uh randy's an accomplished dude i mean he's a he's the motor trend track tester uh he's got uh, more than 90 pro pro road race wins under his belt He's been a factory driver for Porsche, Audi, um, Mazda, Volvo. I mean, he's yep. he's an accomplished dude. I think he knows what he's doing. He's been on the mountain before as well. I just think, right? You know, he had a bit of a hiccup, which is unfortunate. What uh, what do we think about Randy? <laughs> he's faster than me. <laughs> faster than me too. I think it, I think it brings up a, an interesting point on the. Uh... You know, on the on the transition to electrics, they do, they have a completely different feel than the combustion than a combustion engine car, right? And and I wonder if that how much that played into Randy's um, accident, maybe not having the feel or a feedback because there's no sound, there's no yeah. You watch that video and it's just silent. Yeah, you hear a little bit of road noise and that's it. When the the torque in those cars is so instant and so it's like a switch, yeah. so low. Yeah, it's like a switch. If if you you know. Yeah, if you've been driving combustion engines for years and years, and you're, you know, you're down a gear, you know, you can floor it and not have all that right away, and kind of prepare for that to roll on. Prepare for it. You're, you know, you're you're feathering the throttle. You're doing your brake thing. You're, you know, you know where the where the torque band's going to be and all that kind of stuff. And then that kind of does definitely change. Yeah, 
when when you're doing that, which is like a definite learning curve, which is probably why, you know, he was pushing it. I mean, then again, you know, we could always ask him onto the podcast because, you know, he's personal friends of all of ours. But um, it'd be a big yeah. land for podcast number two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will make some calls. Our white whale. John, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I will make some phone calls. I got some connections and see what we got. I'm pretty sure I have a description of the motor trend, so that should give me the end. You know, but I think, you know, just what he was saying is that he was pushing too hard, you know, a little too early. It's, it might be just that transition where he was used to, you know, this section, this turn, this, that, I can do this, this, and this at this speed, and then it just didn't translate very well. You know, but everything's a learning curve, so it's not, you know, it's not like, oh, well, I'm done because I can't drive a Tesla on, you know, the hill, the hill climb. So, you know, my career as a fucking driver and a race car driver and a fucking test car, you know, testing and all of it is over because that Tesla just, you know, yeah. So I'm just curious to see when it's fixed, when it goes up again, what di- what changes he made to his technique. Well, there's a quote. I believe he was quoted saying that he wanted to be up, going up again by the by the weekend. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they were they were they were going to try to fix the the Tesla. Right. Oh wow. He knows it's something that he could fix in his technique if he's ready to to go after again. So, you know, they're definitely going to run again. I mean, I don't think I realized they were trying to prep for continuing the race. I thought it looked like a bad enough accident that they were going to be DQ'd, but. That's not the case, huh? I read the same thing too, where they're they're fixing and all that kind of stuff, and you know, hopefully, be to to be ready. And I'm pretty sure that a couple of phone calls were made to a certain person that might own Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you say, "Hey, what can you do to help us out?" Because you know, free publicity is well, free publicity. There you go. What wins on Sunday sells on Monday. That's right. <laughs> Well, rock on, Randy. We're uh, we're pulling for you this weekend. I've got I've got an update. I went to um, this is like research on the fly. Uh, so I went to unplugged perform, unplugged performances uh, Facebook, and they said never give up. Uh, this was forty one minutes ago. A total car will not stop us. We will wave the Tesla flag from the top of the mountain. An hour ago, we bought a new car from Tesla. We will straighten the frame on the race car and rebuild it and rebuild it in 48 hours using parts from the new car. Thank Whoa. you to the to the Tesla community for your inspiration and support. Wow! So thanks, Elon, for giving us a new car. Yeah. Hey. Oh, it sounds like they bought it, right? Well, yeah. The whole thing is it's it's sponsorship. I mean, you know, it, it's the same principle in any racing, you know. Sure. So that's that's good. I'm glad because I would like to see where it ends up. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be the never-ending, never-ending Tesla. <laughs> I think you know. I, I think yeah. I think this is a big show for uh, the future and in, in tunability on these electric cars. Right. Exactly. So that makes you wonder if they do really well with Tesla, will you start seeing more like Porsche getting involved more? And is more? there is there a Taycan racing this this year? I see a Taycan, Steve. No Taycan. No. Well, maybe, maybe I'll buy one and go race it this weekend. You have that much money, Steve? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does your wife know you have that much money is the real question. Go, go fund me. Go listeners, fund me. Yeah, listeners, I promise you, 
if we make enough money off this podcast, we will buy a Colorado Cars and Coffee Taycan and we will race it at Pikes Peak. How's that sound? Oh, that's that's guaranteed for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely a GoFundMe. And actually, you should give us enough money to buy a Porsche and a 2020 F-Type. And now we're just dreaming. <laughs> let's uh let's 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 move on to topic number two here um we also have uh we've got a sweet event coming up this is um one of the biggest roaming events in the u.s um hot import nights is coming to denver um, okay hold, hold that thought um alex just, uh, I just want to wrap up the the pikes peak race oh yeah 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 so there is uh mobile one is hosting a, a free live stream of the entire event um, that live stream kicks off on their Facebook page at 7 a.m. our time local. Uh, the race starts at 7:30 a.m. Um, one of the major points I want to get across. Also, there is no fan fest this year. It's usually held in downtown Colorado Springs, but there is a company that's holding a fan fest of their own. If you guys want to attend, it's uh, hosted by Under Pressure Power and Performance. And that's from tomorrow at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I've posted that event on our Facebook group. If you want to take a look at it. Uh, that's all. Thanks, Alex. Heck yeah. Yeah, I was on my, <laughs> that was on my to-do list for that topic. Thank you for covering for me. Um, yeah, so let's get into Hot Import Nights. Um, it, it, it travels all around the U.S. Um, it's one of the bigger, bigger events that travel currently um, that, that's always going on in the U.S. somewhere, right? Um, so coming to Denver, um, what's the date on that? Do you guys know? September 19th, September 19th. I believe. Let me, let me double check that before I, yeah. before I get quoted, but I'm pretty confident. That is correct. <laughs> September 19th. September 19th. Okay. Down um, in Colorado Springs. In Colorado Springs. I think, yeah. I think this is, we were talking about this a little bit before the pod. This is what I think is the real SEMA and everyone was giggling at me for that. Um, but I, I think this is, except for Matt. Matt was backing me up on that. It's true. So elaborate on why you think it's the real SEMA. I'm just curious. So I think Hot Import Nights, I think we see um, some of the real builds, right? Like SEMA is so, um, so commercialized now. There's so many sponsors involved. There's so many. I just, it's so much. Um, so much big money thrown into some of these builds and they, I mean, no doubt at SEMA, we see some of the craziest stuff, right? Like just, we had the, like the quad rotor RX seven, a couple the one last year, two years ago, there is some crazy stuff that comes out of SEMA, no doubt. But I think the hot import nights is what SEMA used to be where there isn't like this massive cash flow in, into the event. And I think it gives, um, more ordinary people it's you know it's like blue collar SEMA, right it gives, just gives more ordinary people the chance to get their builds in show off what they're proud of um see some really unique stuff i just i think hot import nights is is the up and coming i mean it is it's not up and coming it is the the new car show to to be at for yeah if you're a builder but yeah SEMA, to, to your point about SEMA being commercialized i guess to put it um Mildly. You, see, you see so many things that are that are basically just rolling ads, right? They, they have just yeah. stupid money thrown into them. Yep. No, almost no drivability, and that kind of over that's overshadowed. Yeah, you still get like you said, you still get the the raw, the more raw builds like that four rotor, 
uh, RX-7 and stuff, but those things get overshadowed by these big money advertiser builds. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I totally get that because it's more like, you know, they're fast builds. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's going, oh, hey, you know, we got SEMA in, in six weeks and we got to get something built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, which which is unfortunate because, you know, when these kind of, you know, shows get bigger and bigger and bigger and more popular and, you know, and of course there'll be people listening to this saying, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Well, neither do you. So, <laughs> you know, it's, to me, it's more of when you become, they're already commercialized because SEMA is supposed to be the industry show, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm going to say it this way, when they become more publicized, so the public is more interested in it and they start marketing towards the public, then you start seeing that that switch from, you know, let's showcase the technology. This is what you can do with this technology. We did this build, we built this car, and we did this modification, et cetera. You know, we hot-rided this. And then when it became, you know, it moved away from an industry showcase where only really industry people were there to where you would see it on TV as the SEMA show. And then you had all the reality shows, et cetera, et cetera. Then it became, well, it's no longer that it's, we need to build a car for SEMA in six weeks. And you know, that big piece of crap and that it's, it's not going to do anything. It's going to turn up. It's going to sit there. People go, Ooh, and ah, and go, Ooh, this must be real fun to drive. And it never goes anywhere. And I, I think that is like a disease where <laughs> that commercialism to make a buck and, you know, tie in reality shows to it, et cetera, et cetera, kind of really kind of screws with it a bit. You know, I've never done a hot in port nights. I probably never will. And that's nothing against what's going to be there. I totally really i'm not one of those respectable builds because i will just laugh my balls off at something i think is completely stupid <laughs> well and that's i mean i think that's an important point of hot import nights right it, it's right. not just like um it's not just guys that have built like one specific type of show off car right. it's exactly. all sorts of different stuff there. all I mean, sorts of stuff there yeah so i mean that's that's the whole thing it's you know i mean you know i get what you're saying it's the real SEMA, but I mean, the SEMA also was all, you know, as I said, it was just a industry showcase. So yeah, I, I think what it is, is what Hot Important Nights really is, is what SEMA should have become. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's a real good way to put it. You know, and to, to do it that way, when you want to get the public more interested in and have, you know, personal builds that these guys go out there and they find whatever they want to build and they're, they're going to customize it to their taste. And they put a lot of effort time, you know, it's not just this thrown together rat trap piece of shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what SEMA should have matured into to combine both the commercial side of it and the public side of it. But that's just my thoughts. So I kind of definitely agree with you there in that concept out Alex, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, I know you, you mentioned you have not been to a hot import nights, um, but you know, I, I, you guys may have seen SEMA of old a little bit more. Um, what do you, what's your opinion on? He's calling you old, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have not been to a SEMA yet either. So okay. yeah. either, either of them, uh, but I, I think I might try to get down to hot, hot import nights, uh, this time. Excellent. And also just, uh, as an extra thing, 
we are planning to give away a couple of tickets. Um, yes. On both our Facebook group and also our Instagram for uh, spectator. Yeah, spectator tickets. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. We are. That's an that's an excellent CEO plug right there. We, <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are giving some tickets away on our yeah, yep. on our Instagram, on our Facebook. Uh, so stay tuned to those those platforms to see if uh, you can grab a ticket if you're planning on going. Speaking of ticket giveaways, we do have that uh, code, the discount code for people that do want to buy. Yes. What is that discount code? It is C O C C V I P. Woohoo! C O C C V I P. You heard it right here. That gets you $10 off uh, vehicle registration or 20% off of an admission ticket. Excellent. Um, we will also be there. So this is, we are promising, uh, we're, we're committing here. So this is the scary moment for us. But, you know, we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> we're going to do a podcast from Hot Import Nights. Uh, we'll be there. We're going to try to get um, a couple people to interview. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the bills, some of the highlights. Um, so we'd love to see you guys out there. Um, if we're there, uh, come, you know, come track down Steve and, and myself and, uh, Tara won't be there, but Matt, I think you're, you're planning on attending as well, right? Yep. I'll be there. There you go. I mean, I may or may not be there. It depends. I have commitments, but yeah. <laughs> Terry's a busy man. Actually really can't say in the podcast, but the day before that I have something to do with Steve knows about my friend. I do. <laughs> No disclosing personal engagements on the podcast, please, Terry. <laughs> no, it's not that. My friend, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so we are, we're encouraging a bunch of people to come out um, to Hot Import Nights. I don't think they need our help to get people out yes, there. Yes, they do. <laughs> They're a massive How massive dare you? Show. How dare um, you? But we do We want to cover um, the, the COVID concerns anyone might have. Um, so uh, Katie from Hot Import Nights, um, she messaged us and just kind of mentioned and wanted to make sure we could ease everyone's uh, concerns here a little bit. Um, they just got done with their Dallas event. Their Dallas event was also an indoors event, which Denver will be indoors. Um, but they were praised by the, the fire marshals, the city board members. Um, they they're at, have adequate spacing all over the facility. Um, they are limiting the amount of people per vendor. Um, so you're not gonna, you know, the vendors probably love it because they don't have a hundred people crowded around their tent. Um, I think they're, it sounds like they're doing um, a really great job at, at the social distancing thing inside um, the shows themselves, so. And um, even though Alex said he's calling it the Denver event, make sure you go to Colorado Springs to, to attend. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, the Colorado Springs <laughs> event center. Is not Colorado Springs event center. <laughs> It has nothing to do with the city of Denver. <laughs> Podcast glory. <laughs> um, face masks are going to be required because it is indoors. Um, so make sure you guys uh, wear face masks. Bring one with mask up. Yep. Wear your favorite Alfa Romeo face mask or something like that, right? Now you want something that works. So when you get <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. So, next topic. Uh, next topic, please. Yeah. <laughs> next topic is the repairs that Steve has done to his outfit. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the next topic, uh, Sonic Friday. So we've been doing this. Um, we don't we don't actually organize a lot of events at Colorado Cars and Coffee, but we have been organizing 
a couple of just like sonic, um, what we like to call hashtag tots and tailpipes. Um, so we are, we're doing another one this Friday. Uh, it's up on our Instagram account. It is um, in our Facebook event calendar. Um, so yeah, guys, come come hit us up at our, our uh, Sonic Friday meets. Get some ice cream, you know, tots. Yeah, let's get that hashtag trending. <laughs> hashtag tots and tailpipes. That's just 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 terrible. <laughs> I like I like some of my hashtags, which we haven't discussed yet. We don't need to discuss it. There's, <laughs> there's, there's been some racy hashtags out of Steve's Steve's fingers, Twitter thumbs. <laughs> could probably dedicate a whole podcast to some of Steve's better hashtags. Oh, we can dedicate a whole podcast to the crap both of us used to pull and people used to yell at us about. Let's talk make- about party. We make fun of Steve and his uh, hashtags, but he uh, Steve knocked it out of the park with one of one of the best uh, Instagram interaction posts we've had on, on Colorado Cards and Coffee. So it's uh, it's we we get that thrown back in our face quite a bit. Thank you, thank you. So the the address is twenty four forty West One Twenty Eighth Avenue, up in Broomfield. Yeah, so that's an important point. We're switching it up this week. We've had it at the same Sonic uh, right. a couple weeks in yes. a row. North Northwest. Northwest Denver, we're gonna we're just gonna spread the love, you know, move around to different places and for sure, maybe, maybe golden. We're tired of the whining. Definitely golden. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I think moving around's a, a great thing. That does um, beg some attention to the posts themselves, right? So I think we'll probably have a certain amount of people that um, just show up at the the previous Sonic and they'll have their own little meet, but ours is going to be um, in the Broomfield location this time around. Uh, so get the word out to all your buddies, um, bring the crew out. I want to take that opportunity to shout out to the R32 crew around here in, in uh, Denver. They've been turning out more and more cars every single weekend. So that's that's pretty cool to see. Um, appreciate you guys coming out and, and supporting that all. Um, and supporting Sonic. Um, you know, make sure when you're there, you know, save room for some tots, save room for some, uh, some shakes, you know, let's, uh, let's give Sonic a little bit of business for letting us, uh, take over their parking lot for a couple hours. That would be, that'd be excellent. They'd really appreciate that. So is that, uh, that's it on tots and tailpipes, huh? Sonic? No. So with the Sonic meet and we are going to move around a little bit, it's still very simply this Sonic is nice enough to allow these things to happen, not just for us, but for everybody else. So treat it like you treat everywhere else. It's not a place for you to turn up and burn out, rev your engines, generally being annoying. It's there for you to turn up, get out of your car, walk around, get some food, talk to people, etc., etc., and boogie on out when you're ready to go home. Exactly how Lafayette causing coffee is. So... Let's just remember that. Yeah, I think standard standard cars and coffee rules apply, right? We're we're not trying to hoon too much in the in the Sonic parking lot and uh, attract too much attention because we want to keep doing these things, right? Right. Just follow the golden rule. Right. You know, respect the spot. That's that's all we ask. Yep. Don't be a dick. There it is. It's in our it's on our slogan line, right? Slogan line. Yeah, it's on our logo. Golden rule. <laughs> the golden rule. All right, our final topic, um, Drive Four Corners, BMW meet. That is happening. Um, Steve, you know a lot more about this than I do. You want to take over here? Uh, sure. Uh, this is called Drive Four Corners, um, BMW meets, um, 
organized by uh, the Schultz brothers. I know Tom is heavily involved. Uh, they're all BMW enthusiasts. Uh, their dad is as well. But it kicked off today. Uh, they left from Colorado Springs and headed over to Crested Butte. Uh, they'll stay over in Crested Butte for the next three days, and they'll get back on Sunday. But while they're in over in Crested Butte, they'll have several cruises, medium uh, length, uh, short length, uh, long cruise length, and they'll just have a, a great time getting together with uh, various uh, BMW cars. They started, I think, in 2011 or 2012 with like six it was cars. Like yeah, and now they're up to, I think last year was 50 cars, and this year, uh, 43, a little less, but, you know, COVID and all that. But, um, yeah, 40-plus cars to get out and have fun cruises and get together and, and do things. That I've always wanted to go. I just never had a chance, never never made it happen. But that's on me. So, like, I want to go one of these days. Yeah, I think uh, important to note we were chatting a little bit before. I do I think they welcome more than just BMWs. So if you feel like going for a couple-day cruise, I believe you're allowed to join them. They might yeah. kick you out of the, the team photo. But um, you can certainly follow them. I think they're they're all pretty friendly guys. That yeah, yeah, they are. They definitely are. So that's a that's a cool event going on. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to make it out one of these times next year. It's always next year, right? Want <laughs> <laughs> to cut here? Maybe do a couple sponsor shout outs. Um, sure. We um, I'll I'll take that over, uh, Alex. Um, we had two new sponsors this week, and I just wanted to introduce them real quick and just say thanks. But they are uh, Colt Cars. Uh, run by Elon Brown. They're a consignment for uh, modified and limited production vehicles. And uh, they they just started sponsoring with us. Uh, go ahead and check them out at coltcarsforsale.com or their Facebook page, Instagram, all their diff different social media channels. They've been teasing me with a uh, an RS2 that they've been touting on their Instagram account. For weeks yeah, you'll, you'll often see them at the car shows with their RS2 um, Elon has a Ford Escort RS Cosworth with the weird whale tail in the back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You'll see that around quite a bit, but yeah. So go, go check them out. If you're looking to, to sell your car and, and not have a hassle, uh, they'll take care of it for you. And then another sponsor we have is Abe with main street insurance. And, uh, Abe has a, a small team of about eight and they're, they're an insurance broker for over 40 different carriers to include Haggerty. So we're excited to have them on board as a broker. If, you, if it's time for you guys to find some new insurance or to up, update your coverages or check out the rates, give them a call and just find out what he can do for you. Just want to shout those out uh, real quick. Thanks, Alex. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that wraps it up mostly. Um, you guys have any more points you want to inject real quick? Anything we missed? Uh, yeah. So we should talk about the uh, T-shirt design. There you go. What? Whoa. We are. We're, uh, we'll tease it here a little bit. We're talking about some t-shirt designs to get some swag to hand out and for maybe light purchase. I got this one, Alex. So essentially here, um, Steve and I have been talking, and we've done this before, where we had some color cars and coffee t-shirts and stickers, etc., with the logos on there, and we did that for a little bit, but now we decided to get back into that game. And we did post up on, on the page a while ago to, you know, people to share their t-shirt designs, etc. What we're looking to do is to get some original designs and, you know, out there, you know, from 
you guys and be able to take those and get them printed out on the high quality t-shirts and sell them all the money goes to charity. So that is a work in progress, but we do need your help in some of these designs. So we're going to go find a post again and we're going to bump it up and please just submit what you would like to a design of an original t-shirt, you know, for color cars and coffee, kind of look at it like a, a blip ship. Yeah, we've we've got some an initial design in in the works. Where uh, we actually looked up what Blipshift Blipshift uses for the t shirt. <laughs> Blipshift, and uh, Blipshift. we're start, we're starting from there, and we're going to have the CNC logo on the the sleeve. We'll have a general design on the front, car related design on the front, and we'll just see if they're popular and, and take off. We would love to sell them, uh, like. Terry mentioned all all profits will go to to local charity. Exactly. Funny enough, as you mentioned the t-shirts, my uh, printer went off, and I just finished the first round of those keychains. Woohoo! So I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to have a bunch more of those by the weekend. This the uh, just the basic hexagon logo that says Colorado Cars and Coffee in black and white. Fantastic! Yeah, I think I think all of our admins have uh, claimed all of that run so far. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first run the first run's definitely gone, but. But I'm cranking them out, so hopefully Matt will have some for uh, yeah for the fans later. So yeah, if anyone if anyone's at uh, if anyone's at Tots and Tailpipes tomorrow night and they find me and I have any left, I'll give you one. There you go. Nice. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, flip shaft. Very very different. <laughs> flip shaft. Don't go there, please. Don't go there. N- don't go there. NS- NSFW. <laughs> don't uh, don't go there where you're working. Wrap this up, Alex, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening tonight, guys. Um, Let us know if this was terrible. Let us know. Yeah, it was was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Let us know that it was terrible. Um, Let us know uh, if you're interested in more terribleness. Um, Give us some suggestions for for, uh, topics upcoming. Um, And you can get a hold of us at uh, a plethora of different places, right? So, um, most of you are probably already on our Facebook group, but if you're not, um, search our Facebook group, Colorado Cars and Coffee, uh, spelled out. Um, follow us on Instagram at uh, Co Cars and Coffee. It's C O Cars and Coffee spelled out. Uh, no spaces, all one word. Uh, Twitter handle is the same. Um, Steve and I freestyle a little bit more on Twitter, so uh, if you want to get rowdy, Twitter is yep. obviously the place to do that. <laughs> and uh, that's it, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.